Hello and welcome to the Nerdy Mystic Journey podcast. My name is Mira and I'm your host and I have been away for a while. I was moving and you know the holidays and all of that so I was gone for a couple months but I'm back and I'm excited about this next journey with this podcast. So today I actually want to talk about um, conflict between groups of people Um, And I think this is a common theme right now, actually, probably since the beginning of humanity, but um, just the idea of two groups of people who are for some reason at odds with each other and are fighting or, you know, having power struggles or whatever it is. I'm specifically thinking about different conflicts like that have occurred in history and that are current even, like the Israeli-Palestinian conflict, like the partition of Pakistan and India. And these are obviously very complex issues, um, groups kind of having, and then uh, groups having, you know, difficulties with each other and fighting for similar resources and things like that. And there's often a lot of emotion and a lot of backstory. We all have our stories and these groups have their own stories about what has happened and what has what wrongs have happened and how they perceive the other party and themselves, etc. So I thought I would just do a card pull on some of the sources of these types of conflicts and possible resolutions and solutions to some of them. So I actually am using the Dreams of Gaia Tarot today um, by Raven Fillon. It's a beautiful, beautiful deck. It's like gold lined and everything. It's just gorgeous. And I have four questions that I wrote down about conflict, especially between different groups of people. And I thought I would just kind of answer these questions sort of using my intuition, and this tarot deck. So let's do it. I'm going to go ahead and shuffle. And while I'm shuffling, I'd love for you to take a deep breath with me and center yourself in, breath in, breath out. Let's do two more, because I think we, we could use two more. And one more deep breath as I shuffle again. And we're just going to center and ask for wisdom from our higher selves and from spirit about this particular issue and about um, these questions that I have. And Oh, there's like a card that just flew out. So I'll take it and look at it. It's the king of earth, but I'm not going to, I'm just going to keep that on the side since it popped out. Okay, so I'm cutting the deck. And the first question is, what is the purpose of conflict between different groups of people? Okay, and so I got a card that's the eight of earth. And it's this gorgeous woman and she's in this beautiful green gown And she's got this amazing scepter with her staff, I guess you could say, um, 
that strangely enough has a phallic symbol on top. Not sure what that's about, but it's got really cool keys hanging from it. And it's like a dragon face. So I'm going to go ahead and pause the recording and read the book and then kind of get an, a good interpretation for you um, about this question, which is what is the purpose of the conflict between different groups of people? Okay, so I read the meaning of the eight of earth and the eight of earth basically talks about um, growth, success, abundance, and it has the meaning of kind of um, being promised those things, being promised that abundance, that success, and, and kind of seeking that. Um, it's a promise of, of wealth, of, of, a, of all of those wonderful things that we all aspire to. Um, the potential blockage it noted is kind of seeing self through, seeing the world through cynical eyes. So just kind of being blind to the wealth and abundance that you already have. So I think at a basic level, all of us are kind of pursuing our dreams and our goals and we're pursuing our what we consider to be our sense of happiness. And the conflict arises when um, one person's pursuit of happiness conflicts with another person's pursuit of happiness. So there's a sense of um, like kind of two things butting up against each other. And so I think the purpose would be to ask yourself, what is true abundance? What is true success, wealth, and abundance? And is what I'm doing achieving that? Um, it almost makes you question about what you have and whether it's what you really want. Because when two people want the same thing, they have to ask themselves, what is the cost of going after that exact same thing? Is there enough for everybody? And how can we, what do we really want? Do we want peace? Do we really want peace? Is that the abundance that we want? So that's just kind of something to think about. And let's go to the next question. What can we learn from these conflicts? So I'm going to draw a card for that question. Okay. And I got the card, the maiden, which is a major, major arcana in this deck. It's number two. And the maiden, already I'm getting a sense of youth. Um, kind of like, I'm, I almost want to say curiosity, youth, newness. So I think what this is saying is that learning to look at things from a new perspective, from the eyes of someone who's young, almost a childlike view. Um, how would somebody who's new and knows nothing about this situation view it, they would view it with curiosity. And they would be well, how did this get started? What? What are the different aspects of this situation? What are the different aspects of this conflict? 
I almost think of my child because it's like everything's new for him. He's a human for, you know, as his own, as this particular particular human form he's in for the first time. And so he's learning everything new and he doesn't understand adult things. And so sometimes he has questions and he's just curious about, you know, well, why do adults do things the way they do things? And there's no judgment there. He's just very, very, very just wondering what exactly things are about. And it's very innocent and sweet. So I think that we can learn to be curious about ourselves and the sources of the conflict and where they come from. And we can ask lots of questions. And instead of jumping to judgments or blaming, we can be curious and just say, hey, how did this start? And where did this come from? And where do we go from here? And curious about the other party, right? Because you don't want to just ask, um, be curious about yourself, although you can be, but you want to be curious about the other person in the conflict. Uh, when I think about conflict, even between kids and parents, um, kind of just wondering where your parent comes from. Like I'm thinking about some of the struggles I've had with my parents and understanding their way of thinking and feeling judged by the older generation, but then wondering, oh, well, they had their own experiences and they can't come to this moment with those experiences and and that shapes some of their beliefs and kind of trying to see it from that angle, their angle. So the third question is, how can we learn our lessons and create more peace? And I'm really curious about this question because it's kind of like, where do we go from here? We already talked about being curious and asking questions and not just, you know, saying, hey, this is how I see things. It's like, also, how do you see things? And can I learn about that? So I had a card already pop up and it's the seven of air. And it's this man who is holding a looks like some kind of a rosary or um, some a mala or something. And he's got a sword on his sheet. He looks almost like a monk. He's wearing like a, a robe and he's holding a book, which makes me think already um, airs about communication and knowledge. So, and he's got a serious look on his face and it's the seven. So I'm just going to read the book, pause and read the book and then come back with my interpretation. Okay, so this is, um, I just read it and this is kind of a really good card, I feel like for this question, because the seven of air has to do with um, your personal beliefs, um, spiritual beliefs, your kind of like your worldview, if, if you take, um, if you can kind of sense that. And we all do have a worldview. It's not something that is necessarily stagnant. It can definitely change over time. Um, but I guess the, the kind of lesson of the seven of air is that um, seven tends to do with, I think, very spiritual principles, spiritual knowledge. Um, and there is a sense that your spiritual beliefs and your worldview, how you express them, like some, some 
you know, beliefs can express themselves in a very expansive, loving, accepting um, attitude. And some can be a little bit more closed off and rigid and a little bit stifling um, and less accepting and expansive. So kind of look, it's just asking us to look at the way we view the world and our beliefs particularly our spiritual and religious beliefs and our the way we view the how the world works and ask is it in service of an expansive loving viewpoint um and what i'm thinking about is believing in a certain thing is it leading you to more loving actions or is it leading you to more conflict and so this is an inside job i feel like Anybody who is saying, um, looking at another group of people as if that group of people is somehow the cause of so many problems and doesn't, um, doesn't have any self-reflection and is making a mess of everything. And you're kind of like, oh, well, if I could just, you know, if they would just change or if they would just see what I see, then things would be better. But actually that's, um, I think that kind of a belief isn't helpful because first of all, you're placing your control in someone else um, and you're placing your fate in someone else's hands. And we do share a collective fate. There's no doubt about that. Um, but it also doesn't allow you that flexibility to kind of see where potential solutions lie. And I like that, like having this open, loving mind without the emotional sway of I've been wronged or I've been mistreated. And there is a sense of, yeah, like you can be mistreated but we're all on this planet and we're all suffering with some of the same things, you know? I mean, I think about um, the conflict between the separation of India and Pakistan. So what happened with that was that, um, that the British were essentially leaving India. Um, they had been colonial ru rulers in India for a long time. And they were leaving and there was this question about, well, now that they're leaving um, and there's some independence here, do we have an India? We're basically, they were creating new countries where there were, were none because India used to be a collection of different um, ruling in different areas. And over many, many years, um, different ruling factions had uh had taken over the Indian subcontinent. And so basically it was the start of a new country pretty much. So the question was, was it going to be one India or was it going to be, was there going to be a, a Islamic country, which ended up being Pakistan along with India. And there was a lot of like division, you know, um, where it came from, I don't know, but just kind of aligning with a group. So, you know, Indians, and there was a lot of mixture of, of different people who had different viewpoints, but 
it was done in a very messy way and so much so that there was a lot of violence that had happened um, with the partition. It was just kind of like, because there were Indian people, you know, people who would say they were they were Hindu or whatever, and they were living in Pakistan. And that my um, my grandparents are from what is now Pakistan, and that was their home, and they had businesses and lives there, and they were basically told that they needed to leave within a very short amount of time, and it was just done very messily. There was a lot of bloodshed, but there was bloodshed on both sides. So there were people who were Muslim who were hurt. There were people who were Hindus who were hurt. There were people who were Sikhs who were hurt. And it was like collective suffering. And so there's nobody really to blame per se. It was just something that was done very messily. And I'm not an expert on this topic, but I am saying that the suffering was universal. And I do see that in the Palestinian and an Israeli conflict, that the suffering isn't just on one side, it's on both sides. And it's often the people who aren't necessarily in the, you know, in the fighting group. It's just people who are trying to live their lives often that have suffering. So, but we all have a responsibility, right? Because at the end of the day, if the worldview of the if of all of us, not just the Israeli and Palestinians, but if all of us was that peace was our abundance, we would do anything to make it happen. If peace was the true abundance, if peace and kindness and sharing and love was the value above any particular dogma, it would happen peace would be there. And I believe it's 100% possible. It's just each individual person deciding that that is the priority and that that is the ultimate value. Above any religion, above any other type of value, above being with people who you consider your kind. Because I was thinking about this the other day and I was like, I feel like I am not... Um, like in terms of identities, I feel like I am love first and, and, and the soul, my soul energy first, and then I'm a human. And then all the other identities, you know, I have brown skin, I'm Indian, I'm a girl, I live in the United States. Um, all of those other identities are subservient to me being human and then subservient to me being a soul who is a one with everything. So I think that's just, and that serves me because I try to think when I'm, there's people that I have an, am in conflict with or I get irritated with, I can remind myself that we're really all the same side, the, the same on the same, different sides of the same coin. And that's important. That's like the work of being human, I feel like. Okay, so... The last question is, how can we as individuals encourage peace and resolution? So I'm going to pull a card for this. And then I'm going to go back to that King of Earth card because, um, because that kind of fell out at the beginning. So there's probably a message there. So how can we as individuals encourage peace and resolution? 
Okay, and I got the Queen of Earth, which is so cool because the King of Earth was that random card that popped up at the beginning. So I'm actually going to look at both the messages for the Queen of Earth and the King of Earth and interpret them together. So I looked at these cards, and first of all, they're both Earth cards, which makes me think of creating heaven on Earth, basically. Um, very much focused on being a part of this planet and a part of this world, but being healthy stewards of it. And the queen and the king are both the masculine and the feminine principles, the kind of the epitome of this, um, of the, of earth. And I love that because it's like you need to have both, right? You need to have wise counsel from both the feminine and the masculine. So what I'm actually thinking is, you know, the queen of earth makes home a beautiful place. She keeps it clean. She is just the, the principle of that nurturing, loving, taking care of all of your needs, your basic needs, whether that's food or keeping the place clean or beautiful, just a warm, healthy environment. And the king of earth is about um, working to create stability and being reliable, um, very grounded, um, making uh, not feeling any kind of... Um, way about other people succeeding because everybody deserves opportunities to be successful. So just very kind and very sharing in that way and giving, but also hardworking and wise. And I think if we cultivate these qualities within ourselves, we will share them with other people and we'll want to share them with other people because we won't feel threatened by others. Um, so I think it's really just self-development and cultivating peace in our own selves and our own lives. And by cultivating that peace within ourselves, we'll want that for other people. And we'll make that a priority because I really feel like the message here is prioritizing the things that make us feel abundant. Um, and peace is abundant. Peace, times of peace means there's enough for all and that we are sharing and taking care of each other. Um, so yeah, so that's kind of that reading. Um, I never know what cards I'm going to pull. I pulled a lot of earth cards in this reading, that's for sure. So this is a very earth issue. Um, and I, I really think that... Um, that the inner work that each of us is doing and those of you who are listening are doing are really going to bring uh, more peace in this world. And I think that that is what we need. We need that love and peace is our priority above everything else, uh, 100%. So what I'm going to do now that we've done our reading is I'm just going to do a little song and I'm going to do this song and it's going to be about bringing more love and peace into our hearts, which sounds very kumbaya and it is kumbaya and I'm not going to be apologetic about that. So let me get settled and I'll sing a little song for you. 
So that was my improvised song about peace. I hope you enjoyed it. I enjoyed singing it. Um, sorry about the background. Uh, I need another microphone cable so I can do um, instruments and voice at the same time. But I will work on that for next time. Um, okay. So yeah, this was so much fun. And I'm going to do it again in another two weeks. And we'll pick a new topic. So have a wonderful rest of your day or night. And I will catch up with you later. Um, all right. Bye-bye. <laughs>